This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, greetings, salutations. Welcome, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. Welcome to everybody on Facebook Live. Very interesting discussion we're going to be having today. Interesting? No, that's, it's not the right word. Uh, man alive, I thought this, this is about who we are as Americans. This is about what we value. This is about your rights being violated. And I'm not, I'm not talking about what the Washington Post, the New York Times are out there uh, uh, alleging about Trump collusion with no evidence. We have actual signed documents, documentation that American citizens' rights were violated by those we put in in charge in Washington, D.C. in the last administration. It's, it, it's not an intellectual exercise. We're not just theorizing. It's not just a report says this is actual uh, happening. And people have put their names to it, not unidentified sources from the New York Times, not anonymous sources from the Washington Post, not current and former officials. These are people who have actually put their names to a document. Your rights were violated. Question is, do you give a damn? Do you care? Telephone numbers 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. The show is available for you. Uh, on-demand listening, blaze.com slash radio. That's live listening. Blaze.com slash radio. Blaze Radio smartphone app or the iHeartRadio app. Now to the on-demand. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. You can download the program and listen anytime you want, anywhere you want, binge listening, whatever. Social media for the Chris Salcedo Show. The Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Also simultaneously streaming this on the Blaze Facebook page. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas, one of the freest states in the union. And make sure you check out the blaze.com in the channel section. Blaze.com, channels, find our channel there. And hopefully, this might be one of the featured stories there today. And we, we touched on this yesterday in the program, this a blockbuster report that came down from Circa News where Circa had dug up documentation that had confirmed that not only had resident Barack Obama and his left-wing extremists in his administration, had they, not only did they abuse the rights of American citizens, but did so over the course of years. Now, we had warned ever since this show came on the air uh, in, in 2013 that there was an uncomfortable dynamic that was happening. The apparatus that was set up to protect you and me, our children, our families from harm, from external forces, that same apparatus was being used to allow our government to harm us. And it was a dynamic that was something new. Well, I shouldn't say something new. There have been there have been breaches of the public trust in the past of in this regard, but they were they were universally met by both political parties with consternation and and ridicule. 
not this time. Do you want to, this is a theory. Do you want to know why I think Maxine Waters and Sheila Jackson Lee and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are flinging so much excrement at Donald Trump based on innuendo and rumor? Do you want to know why I think former CIA chief John Brennan, one of the leakers, and DNI Clapper, former DNI Clapper, one of the leakers of classified information, is doing what they're doing? I honestly believe that these, and I'm sad to say, they are members, they are representatives of an entire party, of the Democrat Party, that these individuals know about these violations of your civil rights. Where is the ACLU, we asked yesterday? Where is the so-called American Civil Liberties Union? Where are they? Your Fourth Amendment rights have been, have been violated. It's not a theory. It's not an anonymously, anonymously sourced story out of the Washington Post and the New York Times, which is all the hell they can print lately. This is truth. This is, no, not truth. Truth can be subjective. My truth may be different from yours. We can see the same facts and derive different truths. This is factual. This is factual. It isn't an intellectual exercise. My question to all of you on Facebook Live and here on the Blaze Radio Network, do you care? And or do you live up to this creed that you get the government you deserve? Um, James Rosen over at Fox News Channel put this bombshell report uh, on the air yesterday. We touched base on it yesterday and this is a complete report i want you guys to hear it in its entirety oh by the way for you blaze radio listeners we'll get to the flip around here in a minute i bet you msnbs and the leader of the basket of bias cnn won't be talking about this story why because you can't bash trump with it (laughs) that's why can't bash trump why why do a story that the previous administration had definitively And to all you folks at CNN, you hear me. All you folks over at MSNBS, you're all a bunch of frauds. You're all a bunch, you call yourselves news people? Screw you people. You're not news people. This is news. Your fellow citizens, the people you allegedly are pledged to protect and give a voice, have been harmed by a government official, several government officials, and you can't report on it. Why? Because you're a bunch of partisan hacks. Oh, I want to protect Obama. I want to protect Obama. Screw you people. That's what I say. You're not looking out for people. You're you're looking out for a political party. And I can tell you, if this had been a Republican who did this, I would be just as angry. Just, maybe even more so, for feeling of betrayal. Let me ask you this, you folks at CNN and MSNBS. Let me ask you this. You pride yourselves in being progressives. You pride yourselves in being liberals and, oh, the Democrat way is the way to go and human rights and yada, yada, yada. And then when it comes to reporting on government abuses, you are nowhere to be found. You are nowhere to be found. Why? Because your political persuasion, 
your ideology stands up for big government lording over people. And if the big government wants to violate your Fourth Amendment rights, oh, so be it. They must have had a good reason. Had this been a Republican, you all would be, you'd be all over this, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? James Rosen at Fox News uh, with an introduction by Brett Baer detailed the devastating, there's paperwork, people have signed their names to this. This isn't, again, it's not fake news. This happened. So listen, Fox News Channel from yesterday, James Rosen and Brett Baer. The computer says more than one in 20 Internet searches conducted by the National Security Agency involving Americans during the Obama administration violated constitutional privacy protections. And that practice went on for years. Not only that, but the Obama administration was harshly rebuked by the FISA court for doing it. That's the conclusion from shocking new evidence tonight about what one senator calls an enormous abuse of power. Chief Washington correspondent James Rosen has the story. On the day President Obama visited Los Angeles last October to yuck it up with Jimmy Kimmel, lawyers for the National Security Agency were quietly informing the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court that NSA had systematically violated the rights of countless Americans, a subject covered ironically on Kimmel's program. People expect the government to monitor this enough to protect them from bad guys, but they worry that if government is in there too much, then that who's going to protect them from government? Turns out the worry from, from some of us, the worry from some of us was well-founded. Everything that I told you about the previous administration is proving to be true. I'll tell you about it. Glenn will tell you about it. Doc will tell you about it. Opelka will tell you about it. CNN won't. MSNBS won't. CBS, NBC, ABC, they won't. This is a blockbuster story that dwarfs the allegations and the, gee, after a year of FBI investigations, still no evidence of collusion, still no evidence of collusion. Oh, but we're going to keep digging. This is definitive right here on our lap. Guess what? Government abused your Fourth Amendment rights. And nobody cares. Do you care? Do you give a damn? Declassified documents first obtained by the news outlet Circa show the FISA court sharply rebuked the administration. With greater frequency than previously disclosed to the court, NSA analysts had used U.S. person identifiers to query the results of Internet upstream collection, even though NSA's Section 702 minimization procedures prohibited such queries. Minimization refers to the precautions the government is supposed to take to ensure its infringements on Americans' rights are kept to a minimum. The judges blasted NSA's institutional lack of candor and added this is a very serious Fourth Amendment issue. Judges putting it down. Remember when, when judges ruled against President Trump's ban on six majority Muslim countries? Remember that? That got all kinds of coverage. Here are some more judges saying that Team Obama violated the Fourth systematically for years violated American citizens' rights. Where's the coverage? 
judges put their names on it. It's definitive. It's not something that is subject to interpretation. It's there. Why aren't we hearing about it? Well, there are certain facts that agendized media do not want you to know. As I said, I think Democrats are attacking Donald Trump with baseless allegations. So at the end of the day, when all of this stuff does come out about how egregious the violations of the Obama administration are finally revealed to be, that they devastated our rights and the limits on their power placed on them by the Constitution, our mutual compact, when it all comes to light, the Democrats will be able to save political face and say, well, you know what, Trump's just as bad. Trump's just as bad as Obama was. You know why? Because the, the Democrats know. They know how awful and how much of a, a betrayer Barack Obama was to the Constitution of the United States. My question to all of you on Facebook Live, my question to all of you on the Blaze Radio is, do you care? Now I have some hope to give to you next about some people who do care. And I want to hear from you. 888-933-93, 888-900-3393. You found the Chris Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand and seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The Chris Salcedo Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Doing more good for the United States of America than the previous administration did in eight years. We do it in two hours on the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm glad you've tuned in. Telephone number is 888-933-93, and the question before us is, your rights were violated definitively. Do you care? Do you care? A lot of you folks weighing in on the Facebook page, and before I get to your reactions there, I want to let uh, James Rosen finish up his very thorough report on what these documents that have been uncovered 
reveal. And tonight, for the first time, we can say confidently that there's been a finding that some of that espionage, that uh, spying on Americans actually violated the law. The documents show it was back in 2011 that the FISA court first determined NSA's procedures to be, quote, statutorily and constitutionally deficient with respect to their protection of U.S. person information. Five years later, two weeks before Election Day, the judges learned that NSA had never adequately enacted the changes it had promised to make. The NSA Inspector General and its Office of Compliance for Operations have been conducting other reviews covering different time periods, the judges noted, with preliminary results suggesting that the problem was widespread during all periods of review. Meaning it was systematic, and you're going to hear they were warned, and then Team Obama said, let me be clear, we're just going to do it anyway. Now, what are the dangers of all this? Why should you care? Well, here's why you should care. What if you opposed the administration that is inside of government? And what if you got roped up somehow in this foreign intelligence surveillance program? I mentioned this yesterday. You guys remember that Pearl Harbor, that movie Pearl Harbor? And, uh, you know, some say it was a chick flick. Some say it was a mixture. Anyway. Beside the point, during one scene, a Japanese dentist who was an American citizen was called from outside of the country. And he was talking about the weather and the ships were on Battleship Row. The, the person on the other end of the line was a, a foreign agent. A Japanese agent wanted to make sure that the fleet was still at dock and that the incoming Japanese planes would be able to hit their targets. That the targets were stationary. So... Let's say for argument's sake, you happen to be a Republican congressman or a Republican uh, senator. Or let's say a Republican is in charge. Say it's Donald. For all you liberals out there and for all you Democrats who just loathe and hate Donald Trump. Let's say Donald Trump does this same thing. And he uses the National Surveillance Agency, the, uh, the NSA, to to spy on foreign dignitaries who just so happened to be talking to members of a political party, like Rand Paul fears was done to him, like another senator has admitted to Rand Paul that happened to him. And this, maybe it's Benjamin Netanyahu. And you're talking about things about, well, you know what, some, some friends of mine on, on the Democrat side, they, want, they, they really want to be there and help you out, but you know there are some others and you start giving away some honest information to technically a foreign person. But here you have a less than scrupulous administration who dips into that conversation, who sees the, the, the subject matter and goes, oh, wait a minute. Well, who was this? Who was Benjamin Netanyahu talking to? I want to unmask that individual. Oh, now, now we're getting somewhere. Remember who was implicated in political unmasking? Susan Rice. Now that isn't confirmed yet. Oh, I'm waiting. There's plenty of there, there. DNI Clapper, uh, John Brennan. I believe all of these Obamaites are guilty of unmasking for politics. I believe it. I can't prove it. It hasn't been proven yet. But what we do know, 
is that the previous administration violated the law, violated your constitutional protections, and they did so for years. And the question is, who's going to jail? Who's paying for those abuses of power? There's a linear connection between excessive acquisition of data by the intelligence community, distribution of that raw data to people who do not need to know it, availability of unmasking that is producing the real true names of the human beings whose emails, texts, and phone calls were the subject of all this, and then ultimately the selective revelation of those names. Senator Rand Paul called this an amazing abuse of power. A spokesman for former President Obama did not return our request for comment. These disclosures are timely, though, as Section 702 of the FISA Amendments Act, one of the primary means by which U.S. citizens are caught up in incidental surveillance, is up for reauthorization, Brett, by the Congress at year's end. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a slight addendum to this report, Team Trump has said, oh, we see the abuses and they've been fixed. Took up Team Trump a matter of weeks. Obama was abusing us for years. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Salcedo. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. I am your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with the loudmouth leftist Latinos out there. I actually love the United States of America. Let's talk about Donald Trump and the Pope and their meeting yesterday. I want to bring on Dr. Uh, Gracie Pozo Christie. She's a policy advisor for the Catholic Association. She writes and speaks in both Spanish and English about Catholicism, religious freedom, and the intersection of faith and science. As a Hispanic, she brings a special focus on the social issues that affect the growing Latino population here in the United States, such as state of the family and the real needs of the poor and the marginalized. Uh, Dr. Grazi Pozo Christi, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you. I love the way you introduce yourself. I'd like to say I'm a liberty-loving Latina, too. Nice. Welcome <laughs> to the club. Glad to hear it. So uh, the, the Pope visits with... Uh, now, now, these two... These two, the Pope and President Trump during the campaign, weren't all buddy-buddies, right? Uh, because of the, the certain policies that were, be talk, uh, that were talked about. But I got the impression after this visit, both the Pope and the President walked away with a different perspective. Was that, was that your uh, takeaway as well? Look, the Pope, uh, he indicated before the meeting that he was going to be open-minded and he was going to meet uh, the president on on the things that they agreed on, that they agree on going into it. And, you know, I think that he did that. I know that he did that. And also that Mr. Trump was impressed and touched by his reception 
by the Pope. So I, I was very pleased with their meeting. Yeah, and you know what? I think one of the, the commonalities that they spoke about, about a great deal of concern from President Trump and the Pope, is the persecution of Catholics and Christians all over the globe being targeted for death by uh, by certain segments of of uh, of populations around the globe, and I think the two men really had a meeting of the minds on that area of concern. Yes, I felt like Mr. Trump, the, the entire his entire foreign trip so far was focused on this issue of religious persecution, especially of Christians um, by Islam by Islamists, um, and and definitely uh, the Pope is also highly highly. Uh, aware of this and has spoken out very strongly against what is really a genocide that is going on in the Middle East against Christians. Uh, Dr. Gracie Pozo Christie is our guest right now, folks. She is policy advisor for the Catholic Association. Now, as a as a practicing Catholic myself, and uh, I, I have I have had questions in my mind about uh, about uh, certain certain. Uh, approaches this pope has taken toward you know very controversial topics i remember pope john paul ii who who grew up in a different life experience who would show up into communist countries and and was very frank and very bold in 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 taking the human rights abuses of those communist slash socialist countries and bringing them up in the forefront and speaking very frankly about those Uh, i haven't seen that commitment from this pope he seems to share uh, uh, a lot of criticism of of Western Western values, and I, I was wondering what you thought the genesis of that was. I have I tend to think it has to do with the way that, that he's Argentinian, and and his idea sometimes of capitalism has to do more with cronyism and corruption than is our experience as Americans, where capitalism is a force for liberty and prosperity and 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 all all sorts of good things for us here. Yeah. So I think that sometimes he has a little trouble understanding how capitalism uh, goes hand in hand with with liberty and and prosperity. Yeah, I don't know how how you feel about it as 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 being a Catholic as well. And but I look at our country, I look at the United States and the the premises on which we the Constitution was written and founded. The founding fathers looked at our rights that we have as human beings as not gifts from government but gifts from God. And they set out to protect those rights that were God-given and enshrining it in our founding documents. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I've always wished for a recognition from the papacy to say, you know what, there is only one country on the globe that ensures God-given rights, and that country is the United States. Uh, Do you think that this pope will get around to doing that at some point? You know, I can't I can't say that I that I know whether he will get around to doing that, but we can look forward, yeah. I hope, one day to an American pope who will have grown up and will have understood how beautiful our country is and how it is a shining city on a hill uh, that uh, that that calls to the whole world and says, live like us, you know, live in freedom and liberty and brotherhood. So one day that could happen. And. Meanwhile, we keep being good Americans out on the world stage. Well, I I, uh, I couldn't agree more. An American Pope. You know what? Until you've said it, I hadn't even considered it. I mean, Cardinal Dolan is, uh, was was somebody who I was eyeing very closely when, when this Pope came uh, uh, into in, into the papacy. And I, you know what? I didn't uh, want to convey to the folks out there that I was completely being critical of, of Pope Francis. I really enjoy 
how he go he he avoids the trappings of the papacy. He doesn't live in the palace. He lives in a very modest mm-hmm. uh, uh, room. He drives himself. He carries his own luggage. And when whenever he goes to other countries, yes, he'll he'll visit with dignitaries. But you'll find him most commonly, uh, Doctor Christie, out there among the people and doing things that Christ did: washing of feet and anointing of the oil, that that kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? We sometimes, as, as Catholic, maybe very uh, conservative Catholic, sometimes we don't understand exactly um, some of the things that, that he does. But I think that we can all agree that he has been able to open doors for the church and people's minds that have been closed for a very long time. He has a disarming, affectionate way about him, so simple, so humble, and he just makes everybody melt, no matter you know, people who aren't prepared to melt for the Catholic Church, you know, mm-hmm. people who have been the enemies of the Church. So I think we have to give him a lot of credit, and the Holy Spirit is working with him, and we have to trust that we're all going to the right place. Well, you know, and, and again, maybe that's why these, these two, once they met face-to-face, the Pope and, and Donald Trump, many say the same description of our president. You know, you meet him in person, and he seems to have that affable warm way about him. Dr. Grazi, uh, Grazi Pozo Christi, she is a policy advisor for the Catholic Association. Lady, it was a pleasure to meet you, uh, a liberty-loving Latina, and get back on the show soon. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. All right, 888 888-900-3393 is the number. I mentioned as we were talking about these confirmed abuses of America's rights by the previous administration that I was going to give you hope. And that was part of it. Here you had a political novice in Donald Trump who was elected to the presidency of the United States in his, well, I don't want to say it was solely his only offering to the people was his, was his uh, being a novice at politics. What I will say, you know, the business acumen played into it and his success played into it. But there's something to be said about an America that said, you know what, I'm, I'm getting the impression that these guys up on Capitol Hill don't give it two wits about me. And this is a bipartisan criticism. All you folks out there who are conservatives, can you say that your Republican Party, or not not your Republican Party, can you say the Republican Party represents you? I haven't been able to say that for, for years. Can you say that that Republican Party stands up for your values? For these ideals of... Of, of why the Constitution was put into place. So many Americans, and dare I say Democrats and independents, crossed over to vote for President Trump. And it wasn't because of his charming magnetism <laughs> and, and uh, well-scripted, enunciated speeches. His, his ability to deliver a good speech his smooth and suave presentation. That was the previous guy who spoke very well, but as was shown, worked against the American people on so many, on so many matters, whether it be the Iran nuke deal, taxes, the military, spending. And now, in an effort to keep his political party, I would rationalize his political party in 
perpetual power utilized the intelligence agencies of this country, politicized the intelligence agencies of this country to punish us, turned those assets that were made to protect us against us. And I, I had made that observation about Obama for, for years now. And the hope is uh, millions upon millions upon millions of Americans, I think, recognized it. They knew and understood it and elected Donald Trump. There's some hope. Let me give you another bit of hope. And I was reading some of your comments. We had a lot of trolls on the, the Blaze page. Individuals are like, oh, yeah, federal government monitor you. Get used to it. Get used to uh, an all-powerful federal government. Get used to it. This isn't new. Accept it. Those voices don't speak for you and me. Those voices are advocates of the state, not advocates of your advocates of your rights and your liberties. And there are those around this country who are spearheading, who are working toward an Article 5 convention with the knowledge and understanding that if Washington will not listen to us, by God, we'll make them listen. And you have officially 28 states, 27, 28 states, who are on board with either older resolutions or updated resolutions for an Article 5 convention. They don't expire. If they hadn't been voted down or rescinded, they don't expire. That should give you hope. There are millions of Americans who have not forgotten the promise, who know and recognize what that Constitution is. That Constitution is our mutual handshake that says these are the restrictions not that, we, that we as Americans don't place on ourselves, we place on government. Those are, those are chains on government articulated in the Constitution. That's why so many people of a certain political persuasion despise the Constitution and have worked to undermine it since its passage. So when I, when I tell you these things, when I tell you this, this is a true blockbuster story. What I mean by true is it names, it, it actually has been confirmed to happen. Unlike the fake news that's coming out of the Washington Post and the New York Times seemingly daily. Reports, who was I listening to? Limbaugh? Reports coming out today. Uh, or yesterday, the New York Times says, uh, well, the Russians uh, had thought about targeting uh, Trump officials in his campaign to influence Trump. And at the end of the article, it says, but we can't confirm that any of this ever really happened. But they, but they wrote it. But they wrote the damn piece. Here's another bit of hope. And I'll leave you with this before we go to break. This phrase was uttered years ago. This phrase was uttered by someone who I admired at the time and I could never have known that I'd end up working for him in the future. You might know the name. His name is Glenn Beck. And this phrase 
elegant in its simplicity. And it lets you know that you are not powerless. And it lets you know that this country, if, the, if enough of the American people wake up and get engaged, that they will have no choice to li but listen to us. The phrase was this, we outnumber them. I'll be back in a minute. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Ellie, how much time do we have? Uh, a couple minutes here? <laughs> there went the music. Ellie's a little distracted today. but We've got tons of stuff going on here in studio. And just, watch this. Ellie. Yes. No, no, <laughs> well, I took you about two or three seconds. Not bad. Not bad. Ellie. Yes. <laughs> How much time we have left? About a couple minutes? About a minute and a half. Okay. Uh, I, I will not have time to get into what I want to get into here before the top of the hour. So let me just say this, folks. Did you hear what Dr. Benjamin Carson said today? Did you hear? Now, I will lay you dollars to donuts if you have heard what Dr. Benjamin Carson said today. You've only heard part of it. You've only heard the part to where left-wingers are trying to make hay out of what he said. Now, what he said deals with poverty. And he said that poverty is a mindset. But that's, that's all you heard, most likely, if you watch or listen to a member of the basket of bias. Those who are ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, those who deal with not real news, but biased news or biased information. I will play the complete soundbite of what Dr. Carson had to say in full context, and then we'll debate it. If you got, look, here's the premise. Do you think that poverty is a mindset? Or do you think poverty is some sort of illness born on the wind? Or maybe that poverty is something that's imposed on people. I'll be back in a minute. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. You found it right here on the Blaze Radio Network. I'll be right back. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two is on the way on the Salcedo Show. You know what the uh, the backbenchers, the Neil Snippers are all in a, a Twitter about? Uh, <laughs> these folks in the resist movement are tweeting out a, a video of Trump who appears to put his hand on somebody to move to the front of a photo op line at the NATO summit today. <laughs> And that's, a, oh, he's such a narcissist. He's such a narcissist. Oh, oh my gosh. It's just, it's so funny. Anything they can try to do to tarnish what is being widely acclaimed as a hugely successful trip. Uh, let's, let's, do, let's do the flip around now. Uh, we're going to go to CNN first. He said, 
Oh, you know why you guys can't hear anything? Is because the volume's not turned up. Uh, let me let me just tell you what CNN is talking about. Jeff Zeleny, he was the one who asked Barack Obama if he was enchanted by his office. He's reporting right now, and it looks like in front of the NATO summit. NATO's did have the back of the U.S. The rising fears of Russian aggression and the fight against extremism here, so much on the mind of NATO leaders. Will this president have their back as well? Jake. <laughs> Jeff Zeleny for us. Thank you so much. And we have breaking news on a big White House priority. An, appeals, an Eastern appeals court just doubled down against the president's travel ban, telling the Trump administration that the ban, quote, drips with religious intolerance, unquote, and violates the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. This new ruling upholds a lower court's decision to indefinitely halt the ban from going into effect. And it Yeah, that's going to go to the high court. Uh, no doubt about it. Bunch of agendized judges who are not reading the order itself, who are listening to Trump's campaign rhetoric, which is they're considering everything but the order in front of them. And that's why they're not legitimate judges. That's why they are betraying their oath. Uh, that's why uh, these individuals don't belong on the courts. But, you know, it'll be it'll go to the high court. Uh, there's also another headline today that the CNN was flashing across the, uh, the screen. The U.K. government. The, the Brits have said they will stop sharing intelligence with the United States because some of these holdovers, some of these deep staters shared intelligence with the New York Times, leaked information, classified information to the New York Times. Now, let me ask you a question. Everything they've been leaking so far was to do damage to Donald Trump. Why do they do this? This, this just sours the relationship between us and our, and our closest ally. I don't know how they can blame this on Trump. Uh, every, every foreign leader understands these are Obama holdovers. So they're, they're damaging the United States. Not damaging Trump, the United States. By releasing this information to the New York Times. And the UK says, well, we're not going to share. And he said, until you guys can get a hold of your leakers, we're not going to share intelligence with you on the Manchester bombing. And the, I guess the calculus is they're going to blame Trump. These are the same leakers who have been leaking against Trump. One gets the impression that they're, they're trying to complete the job that Obama wasn't able quite to finish before his term was up, harming the U.S., Listen, that's that's the feeling you get. Why would you leak this information? It doesn't it, it doesn't do damage to Trump to anybody who's paying attention. It does damage to America and our relationship with the UK. And I, I remember one of the first things that Obama did when he got in is he returned a bust of Winston Churchill back to the UK. That's strained relations, for sure, with at least a certain segment of the United Kingdom's population. Let's go to MSNBS. Vladimir Putin, who obviously had been watching this very closely. Uh, the fact that the president, as we mentioned, the bar was very low, and we know that the other countries there purposely didn't bring up the Russia issue and their concern that much about Ukraine because they did want to sort of appease the president, get to know him, and be very flattering towards him. But for the president to seem uh, more comfortable... And, but how about who we pushed aside? I mean, isn't that one of our newest... Oh, yes, my the gosh. Members of NATO who the president voted. 
That's what MSNBS is focusing on. This video, they're doing a whole segment. There's a four-person panel on Mr. Trump pushing. Well, I'm looking at the video right now. I think he, I think he puts his hands on somebody's. I don't know if he could call it a push. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I and they're slow mowing it now. Oh my gosh! This is they're doing anything they can to poop on this. This successful trip, they're doing everything they can. Leave it to the, this, this is important stuff, folks. Your Fourth Amendment rights were violated by the previous administration and the folks over at MSNBS, they're on it. They're on it. Let's talk about Donald Trump shoving somebody aside at NATO. Let's talk about that. That's really important. Meanwhile, your rights are violated and you know where MSNBS's priorities are. Right. Let's go to Fox Business. The bookstore only holds about 3,000 books. Melissa, we asked employees about your book. They told us that we could find it online. We'll send it back to you. What? I'm so glad that they opened an actual bookstore and then they tell you to go look online. By the way, I do have that many stars. Lessons from the Prairie. Go check it out. Now, this is this is quite interesting. And I'm not sure what to make of this. Amazon has just opened up its first brick and mortar store. In New York, I the trend has been because of Amazon's success, they have been able to successfully close down their brick and mortar store competition. Why would you, why would you see the wisdom in putting up a storefront when you've been so successful at getting rid of all of those? constraints of paying rent and insurance and all this kind of stuff and just operating online that i gotta be honest with you folks that 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 makes no sense to me a company founded on convenience and online shopping opening up a storefront when they have they themselves have been so successful at shutting down storefronts all over this country because the storefronts can't compete with a low overhead now, granted, it's only one storefront in New York City. And maybe that's the maybe that's the way this this model works. The bulk of your the bulk of your business is still online, but you have a brick and mortar in major cities across the country. And well, I still I and I wonder if the price point is the same. Oh, look, I'm sorry. I got to go back to CNN. Look at this. Now they've got uh, a Democrat senator on the set to talk about the federal appeals court upholding the Trump travel ban. And I, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Oh, yes. Let's get Chris Coons on to talk about this. Good grief. I'm, I don't care what he has to say. Let's go over to Cavuto. Well, we are told on the latest security update we're getting, including Theresa May of Britain now saying that uh, uh, this breach uh, and, and somehow sharing information with the Americans and it leaking out, not good. We assume they're both going to be talking about that. Meanwhile, Rick Leventhal in Manchester with the latest on the hunt for accomplices. Rick. And, Neil, we have some breaking news. Uh, police were searching, uh, were issuing, uh, carrying out search warrants on a number of areas around the city. And they uh, actually are in the town of Wigan tonight. Uh, uh, 
at a home that was deemed to be uh, suspicious, a person who may have been connected to the bombing plot, and they have now evacuated the area because uh, the, the bomb disposal unit called in. They found suspicious items in the homes. They believe it may not be safe. So there is now a cordon set up there in the town of Wigan, which is about 40 minutes outside of Manchester. The bomb disposal unit there uh, investigating some suspicious items. Perhaps this is where the bomb was made that was used in Monday night's attack. We don't know that yet, but certainly there have been numerous raids carried out across Manchester and the suburbs. At least eight arrests here alone as they search for anyone who may have any connection to Salman Abedi, the 22-year-old suicide bomber. We know that uh, authorities arrested his older brother here in Manchester, and in Libya they arrested his father and his younger brother, Hashim, uh, who reportedly confessed to knowing about the plot uh, and then told authorities that he and his brother belonged to ISIS. Well, again, the flip around reveals some things. I, I, don't, I, I don't think CNN is on shaky journalistic ground. They do have uh, somewhat breaking news of this of this upholding of Trump's travel ban on a on a higher court but over on MSNBS they're still talking about Trump shoves Montenegro's prime minister aside at NATO event <laughs> and and Fox is talking about breaking news in the in the terror bombing in the UK you you decide which outlet is dealing with real news. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The antidote to the Brian Williams press. The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The UK Guardian is publishing a story, folks, that shows that Donald Trump lost a handshake. <laughs> they have up-close photos of the handshake with the, the, the new French novice Macron. And apparently Donald Trump, Trump-Macron handshake turns into showdown, says... Well, it's not just The Guardian, it's, it's CBS News. Look at that, look at, it looks like Macron won the handshake. Big breaking news. <laughs> they're caricatures. They're, they're unserious people, these folks who are alleged journalists. Oh, boy. This is, this is, this takes the cake. I gotta say. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Ellie, did you hear what Ben Carson said today? No, I did not. Oh, it was yesterday, actually, but he, it, it was being reported today. Libs are uh, losing their minds. I shouldn't really? say liberals. Yeah, there's some folks lib losing their minds out there. I, People who um, believe that government is the solution to all things are losing their minds. Now, in this sound clip, you, you're probably only going to hear Benjamin Carson says poverty is a state of mind. And that's probably all you'll hear. So uh, let's, uh, let's hear the soundbite in its entirety. And then we'll discuss what Benjamin Carson has to say. I think poverty to a large extent 
is also a state of mind. You who has the right mindset, you can take everything from them and put them on the street. And I guarantee you, in a little while, they'll be right back up there. And you take somebody with the wrong mindset, you can give them everything in the world. They'll work their way back down to the bottom. Now, to an individual who believes that you can't succeed in life without government, that it is impossible to, for you to be a success without government in your life in some form or fashion, to justify their existence in government, usually there's a government uh, workers or government in uh, uh, employees or government uh, politicians. That is sacrilege, what, <laughs> what Ben Carson just said. That, if, that poverty, they want you to believe, and I think, I even suspect they know it's not true, but they want you to think poverty is something that merely happens to you. Or that it's some plague born in the wind. Or that it's imposed on you by big business. That people that have the money don't want to give it to you. So that's why you're in poverty. And they are blasting Benjamin Carson today. Now think about what he just said. If you are a person who is not in the poverty mindset, you could lose everything, be put on the streets, and then within a couple of years, you're going to be back on top. Why? Because you refuse to stay down that way. Our current president is one such individual. Went up, lost everything, got back on his feet, made it all again. When I was young, I lived in a single mother household with me and my sister and my mom. She would work her daytime job at, as uh, in clerical in the McDonald's Corporation. Three days a week would go 10 bar to keep food on the table, to keep the roof over our heads and the blue light Kmart specials on our feet and on our backs. For those of you who are millennials, Ellie, you probably have never even heard of a Kmart blue light special, have you? On the contrary, yes, I have. You have. So you know yes. exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. For those of you who don't, you could be walking through a Kmart and... Ladies and gentlemen, we have a blue light special on aisle 15. And sure enough, you'd walk down aisle 15. There was a siren that was a, you know, one of those little um, Claxtons. <laughs> blue light special. And it was a blue light. It was twinkling. Blue light special. Looks like a, a top of a cop car. That was those types of, I don't even know what you call The lights, the lights. The rotating light. So at any rate, that was my existence, and I grew up saying, you know, I don't want this for forever. I want to get above and beyond that. So I made up my mind that I was going to work and try to achieve something so I wouldn't have to be there. And thankfully, I'm not. Uh, I don't owe government, as you could all tell, anything for what the hard work that I did, I paid my way through school. Nobody gave me a loan. I worked. It took me a little bit longer to get through, but I worked my way through school. I graduated. I didn't owe anybody a penny, not a penny. Now, my granddad helped buy my first car. He had some money stashed away. 
and I paid him back. I think it was a hundred bucks a month until I had it paid off. Took me a couple of years. It was a 1966 Ford Mustang, straight six. I loved it because it was my first car, but let me be honest with you folks, it was a piece. <laughs> it really was a piece. But I loved it because it was mine. Did I rely on a government program? No, I relied on family. And I made sure my family was, was paid back. My parents taught me responsibility. Oh, you, you borrow something, you pay it back. That's the difference between the private sector and government. Now, let's look at the other part of what Benjamin Carson had to say. He said, you take somebody who has a poverty mindset, you give them the world, and guaranteed they're going to be back down in the, in the gutter within a matter of years. How many stories have we heard about lotto winners? Ellie, you've heard these stories. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Instantaneous millionaires, and they poop it all away. All gone because they don't know how to manage money. They don't know the value of a dollar. They think, oh, good times roll. No responsibility. It's poverty mindset. Lack of responsibility, which, by the way, describes the bulk of one of the political parties in this country. Irresponsible with other people's money. Irresp Actually, you know what? Let's be fair. It it indicates, it points the finger at both political parties, Republicans and Democrats. Spend as if it's theirs and spend like all they got to do is just go and get your money. It's not, and as a matter of fact, they don't even think that it's your money. They think it's theirs because they're in government. And it is that mindset from both political parties, that cancerous mindset that allows people with a poverty mindset to succeed, they can only do so in a big, mindless bureaucracy like government. It, it, it leads to quotes like this. Why are you here? To get some money. What kind of money? Obama money. Where's it coming from? Obama. And where did Obama get it? I don't know, his stash. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where he got it from. But he's giving it to us to help and us. We love him. We love him. That's we why we voted for him. Up next, remember when the judge said that the attorney general couldn't withhold money from sanctuary cities? Turns out that wasn't true. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. You guys might have recalled this this story that came out about sanctuary cities. I just got I, a real brief email I wanted to share with you. Uh, Eric writes in saying that I get upset about government abuse, but I, uh, I I don't stand up for Latinos who are getting asked for their citizenship because of the color of their skin. And uh, I said, where's that happening? That, I don't, I'm not aware that's happening. As a matter of fact, racial profiling in the state of Texas, the state in which I live, the state in which I love, it's uh, illegal. Racial profiling is illegal. So I have no idea what Eric's talking about. 
Uh, maybe our next guest knows uh, knows and understands this. Hans von Spakovsky, everybody, is the manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Hey, Hans, it's been a long time, sir. Welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Well, well thanks for having me back. Uh, the, the, the reason I brought you on was it's it's something akin to what uh, that emailer was talking about, which was the sanctuary cities issue. Uh, Texas has been an, a leader on the forefront of cracking down on sanctuary cities, but... It was my understanding that this this judge, when the administration, Judge William Oreck, an Obama appointee, he put the kibosh on withholding federal funds from these cities that uh, thumb their nose at federal immigration law. But you write at foxnews.com that, no, as a matter of fact, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, did just that, and he was fully complying with this judge's order. How do you square that that hole? Well, because the judge, uh, as did the media, uh, completely misinterpreted the president's executive order. What the pre- the, look, the judge uh, implausibly read the executive order as saying that the Trump administration was threatening to uh, cut off all federal funding of any kind to cities. So by that he meant, you know, all kinds of entitlement funding, like, you know, Medicaid, Medicaid monies and things like that. That's not what Trump's order said. What Trump's order said was that he was directing the Attorney General and the Secretary of Homeland Security to uh, cut off grants to sanctuary cities. And by grants, what he was talking about was both both uh, DHS and the Justice Department. They get federal money from Congress every year to give out in what they call discretionary grants. So a city, for example, if they say, oh, you know, we want to improve our law enforcement capabilities, they can apply to the Justice Department and ask for a, a grant of federal funds. And it's up, up to the uh, entirely discretion of the attorney general as to which cities will be awarded this money. Part of what those cities have to do if, if they apply for the money is they have to certify that they are in compliance with all federal laws. And obviously, sanctuary cities are not in compliance with federal immigration laws. So the, the judge said, can't cut off all um, federal entitlements, uh, 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 the right to receive entitlement funds, but it is okay to cut off those kind of discretionary grants. That that got overlooked in all the media coverage, and that's now, exactly what Session has said. Well, how much money are we talking about uh, as far as these grants to cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, Dallas, San Antonio? Uh, how much money are we talking? The Justice Department gives out a, a little over $4 billion dollars in these kind of discretionary grants. So the amount that each city gets is probably, you know, it could be anywhere from a couple of million to tens of millions of dollars. Sweet. And so and so and and they're withholding that money because these cities are lawless cities and they stand up for the rights and and privileges of illegal aliens rather than standing up for the taxpayers of the United States. I get it. Hans von Spakovsky is our is our guest right now. He is the manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. So, what is the next step for the administration? There there has to be in your opinion I'm asking, there has to be an effort to rein in these officials uh who are in these sanctuary cities who think that their priority rests with the illegal aliens rather than the taxpayers of the United States and and the citizens of the United States. What what else, in your opinion, can the administration do to turn up the heat on these lawless operators? 
Well, they've they've done what they can from the executive branch. I think the other thing they ought to do is they ought to go to Congress and push Congress to actually uh, try cutting off not just grants but other kinds of entitlement funds. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. Remember back uh, when we changed the drinking age across the country from um, 18 to 21? Well, the, the way Congress helped accomplish that was they passed a law that said that states would lose 5% of their highway, uh, federal highway monies if they didn't change the drinking age in their state uh, from 18 to 21. Uh, some states sued. That went all the way up through the courts. The courts said it was perfectly uh, acceptable and reasonable for Congress to do that. And I think Congress ought to consider doing the same kind of thing uh, for the, to these sanctuary cities to hurt them even harder uh, from a financial standpoint. Uh, it's always been confusing to me and, and probably some of our listeners out there that where where individuals who passed the Obamacare legislation. And uh, if, if individuals or cities or states said, I don't want to comply, there, there, was a, there was a penalty for that. If you, th- th- there seemed to be no uh, hesitation to, to persecute, to punish those who didn't want to follow the Obamacare law, which was a federal law imposed on the states. And I was always confused why the immigration law, which is also a federal law, was not given the same type of teeth or power or consideration. Can you delineate why that is? Well, because, you know, look, the Obama administration and progressives, um, they don't care about principles. All they care about is the end result. And they will ignore, rewrite, or twist any law to, to, to get what they want. You know, what's really different about the situation is, the federal government actually doesn't have any authority over health care. There's nothing in the Constitution that provides that. Immigration, on the other hand, is the one area that the Constitution says is 100% the authority of the federal government. So, in fact, all these states and cities, places like California, uh, they're, they're basically um, repeating the behavior of southern states in the 1860s in saying that, um, well, we're, we're going to try to nullify federal immigration law, because that's really what's going on. Right, and you know what? There's also a, a, a big deal of hypocrisy when the previous administration clamped down on Arizona for passing a law, SB 1070, that would have basically mirrored federal immigration law, and, then, and the federal government said, no, 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 that's, that's our job not to do. <laughs> and so, and so uh, immediately when states say, well, they, they start like, the state of Texas start passing laws saying we will aid uh, the federal government in their efforts. Uh, somehow people start losing their minds. Yeah, they do. And by the way, if I can respond to Eric, uh, there's no there's no uh, uh, claims being made that people are who look Hispanic are somehow being asked to do citizenship. But that's not what's happening. No. What's happening is that when a local town in Texas, for example, when they arrest someone, um, what is it that they normally do? Well, in addition to prosecuting them on local charges, they immediately check to see whether there are arrest warrants out for that person in other states or by the federal government. And if, in fact, for example, the feds also have an arrest warrant for you, they're going to notify the federal government that, that you've been arrested. What these sanctuary cities are saying is, well, we're going to do that with American citizens. 
But if somebody is there who's there illegally, well, then we're not going to do that. And we're certainly not going to honor a federal detainer warrant on yeah. that person. So they're actually giving more rights to illegals than they do to U.S. citizens. Well, that's like you said, that's what progressives do. Hans von Spakovsky, he's the manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, sir. Appreciate the uh, time and expertise as always. Thanks, Chris. 888-900-3393, Glad you've tuned in, everybody, here to the program. Uh, yeah, about that, really quickly. You guys know that I've been watching very closely the, the efforts by the state of Texas to rein in illegal aliens and their access and their preferential treatment that they get in sanctuary cities. And I think Hans... Po- point there was was very uh, sobering that if you are an American citizen and you commit a felony and you, you and, and you there's a warrant for you on the federal level oh you get held but in these sanctuary cities illegal aliens have a higher status than American citizens and these illegal aliens even though they have federal detainers on them for some pretty bad Garbage. Let's put it that way. Rapes, drunk driving, murders in some cases. And they're being let go because these sanctuary cities don't want to set up a pattern of getting rid of illegal aliens in this country. They want illegal aliens in this country. For a, my speculation is, for a very well-conceived political purpose, which does not bode well for you and me as U.S. citizens, or does not bode well for for those of you out there who were in this country legally. So it, it just, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, you have to be forever vigilant. Forever vigilant on these things. Uh, coming up next, uh, in the time I have allotted, I'm going <laughs> to, Mick Mulvaney's at it again. And I want, if I have time to get to that, I will. Uh, there was one more thing I wanted to play for you guys, and I'll, I'll get to it. On the other side, it's the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. I don't know when the last time I've ever said something like this. I don't think I've ever said anything like this. I am so impressed with the Director of Office of Management and Budget, Mick Mulvaney. So impressed with this guy. He's not backing down. Now look, the Trump budget that came out yesterday, no president's budget ever sees the light of day. It's a guidepost. It's a guide. It's Congress's job to appropriate money, the House specifically. So Trump says, here's my idea. Here's my opening bid. House goes, okay, that's very interesting. (laughs) And then they get to work on coming up with a, with a plan, with a budget, praise God, an actual budget, not a continuing resolution, which I believe has been 
raking American taxpayers over the coals. This omnibus spending, this continuing resolution BS. Mick Mulvaney skewering those who say that government should always get a raise. How many of you at your jobs get an automatic raise? Well, you will be saddened to learn, because many of you don't know this, that the way your lazy government officials operate is they budget in automatic increases for every department in the federal government. Automatic, whether they need it or not. Do you, do you, does your paycheck operate that way? No. You're paying the freight. Don't get me wrong. You're paying the freight. Well, and more accurately, your children and your grandchildren are paying your freight so that these lazy politicians don't have to work for a living. That's why you do baseline budgeting. That's what they call it. Baseline budgeting can never go lower than the year before when there are several programs in the federal government that so deserve to be lower. Here's Mick Mulvaney. In Washington, D.C., if we spent $100 on a program last year and $100 on a program this year back home, we would call that a freeze. In Washington, we call that a cut. If we spent $100 on a program last year and $104 on a program this year back home, we would call that an increase. In Washington, D.C., we call that a cut. Yeah. What he's talking about there is a cut in the, the increase of spending. So here's, what, here's, here's how Washington, D.C. operates. This is what Chuck Schumer and those of his political persuasion believe. That Washington should never do without. The American people should do without. The taxpayer should do without before Washington does. So if a federal program it gets 100 bucks and they only spend 80, next year they're getting 120. But wait a minute, they only spend 80. Why not give them 80 for the following year? No, 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 no. We don't do that. We automatically put in an increase, but that's going to cause an undue burden on our fellow citizens. We don't care. We're government, says the Chuck Schumers of the world. And then when, when a Republican or a conservative gets in there and says, well, I'm not going to give you 120, I'm going to give you 110. That's a cut. <laughs> That's not a cut. I'm giving you 10 more dollars than you had the year before. That's an increase. That's a cut because I wanted 120. That's what I'm owed. That's what I'm due. I, that's my money, says the bureaucrat, says the leftist, says the government-centered idiot. And that, that type of budgeting is why we have $20 trillion in debt, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that we're undertaxed. It's that this government is too big and it spends too much. And these 535 individuals that we hire to administer this government, they are not up to the task. The government is so big they can't manage it. Mulvaney sticks, sticks it to those selfish lawmakers who want to pass their bill, their opulence, onto the backs of their grandchildren. What about the standard of living for my grandchildren who aren't here yet, who will end up inheriting $30 trillion in debt, $50 trillion in debt, $100 trillion in debt? What about their standard? Who's going to pay the bill, Congressman? That's what this is all about. What kind of person passes on debt to his grandchildren so he can have it easy today? Well, there's a certain political persuasion in D.C. who does just that. Remember, everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is taken by an overpowering government, rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Friday tomorrow, see you then. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.